Chapter Twenty Three of the Eyes of the World by Harold Bell Wright. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. Chapter Twenty Three, Outside the Canyon Gates Again. Aaron King and Conrad Lagrange determined to go back from the mountains the way they had come. Said the novelist, "It is as unseemly to rush pell-mell from an audience with the gods." as it is to enter their presence irreverently. To which the artist answered laughing, Even criminals under sentence have at least the privilege of going to their prisons reluctantly. So they went down from the mountains reverently and reluctantly. Yi Ki, with the more elaborate equipment of the camp, was sent on ahead by wagon. The two men with Croesus packed for a one-night halt, and Czar would follow. When all was ready, and they could neither of them invent any more excuses for lingering, Conrad the Grange gave the word to the burrow, and they set out, down the little slope of grassy land, across the tiny stream from the Sinaga, around the lower end of the old orchard by the ancient weed-grown road. Even Czar went slowly, with low-hung head, as if regretful at leaving the mountains that he too, in his dog-way, loved. At the gate Aaron King asked the novelist to go on, saying that he would soon overtake him. It was possible, he said, that he might have left something in the spring glade. He thought he had better make sure. Conrad Lagrange, assenting, went through the gate and down the road with the four-footed members of the party, and Czar must have thought that there was something very funny about old Croesus that morning from the way his master laughed when they were safely around the first turn. There was, of course, no material thing in the spring glade that the artist wanted. He knew that, quite as well as his laughing friend. Under the mistletoe oak, at the top of the bank, he paused, hesitating, as one will often pause when about to enter a sacred building. Softly he pushed open the old gate, as he might have pushed open the door of a church. Slowly, reverently, he went down the path, bearing his head as he went. He did not search for anything that he might have left. He simply stood for a few minutes under the gray-trunked alders that were so marked by the loving hands of long-ago men and maidens, beside the mid-bordered spring with the scattered stones of that old foundation, where through the screen of boughs and vines and virgin's bower the sunlight fell as though the traceries of a cathedral window, and the low deep tones of the mountain waters came like the music of a great organ. It was likely that Aaron King himself could not at that time have told why, as he was leaving the hills, he had paused to visit once more the spot where Sybil Andres had brought to him her three gifts from the mountains, where, in her pure innocence, she had danced before him the dance of the mating butterflies, and where, with the music of her violin, she had saved their friendship from the perils that threatened it lifting their intimate comradeship into the pure atmosphere of the higher levels, even as she had shown him the trails that led from the lower canyon to the summits and peaks of the encircling mountain walls. But when he rejoined his friend, there was something in his face that prevented the novelist from making any comment in a laughing vein. As the two men passed outward through the canyon gates, and looking backward as they went, saw those mighty doors close silently behind them, the artist was moved by emotions that were strange and new to the man who, two months before, had watched those gates open to receive him. This, too, is true, 
as that man then knew, but did not know the mountains, so this man now knew, yet still did not know, himself. Where the road crosses for the last time the tumbling stream from the heart of the hills, they halted, and for one night slept again at the foot of the mountains. The next day they arrived at their little home in the orange grove. To Aaron King it seemed that they had been away for years. When the traces of their days upon the road had been removed, and they were garbed again in the conventional costume of the world, when their outfit had been put away and a home found for patient Croesus, the artist went to his studio. The afternoon passed and Yi Ki called dinner, but Aaron King did not come. Then Conrad Lagrange went to find him. Softly the older man pushed open the studio door to see the painter sitting before the portrait of Mrs. Taine with the package of his mother's letters in his hand. Without a sound the novelist withdrew, leaving the door ajar. Going to the corner of the house he whistled low, and in answer Czar came bounding to him from the porch. "'Go find Aaron, Czar,' said the man, pointing toward the studio. "'Go find Aaron.' Obediently, with waving tail, the dog trotted off, and pushing open the door entered the room, followed a few moments later by his master. Conrad Lagrange smiled as he saw that the easel was without a canvas. The portrait of Mrs. Taine was turned to the wall. End of chapter 23 Recording by Tom Weiss, Tom's Audiobooks.com.